We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hill. Producer Cole, baby, in the booth. Today, we got to, again, I know switching schedule Wednesday and Fridays. The shows drop. We record on Tuesday and Thursdays now. It seems like it's been a while since the weekend, since these boxing matches happened. But we got to recap all of that and then preview Three more boxing matches that are happening this weekend. So boxing is packed. So we have a packed show coming for you guys today. And then we also got to talk hip hop because this is what the people wanted on Twitter. They're like, yo, got to talk about the new Kendrick Lamar song. Because, you know, at this point, people know Dre. Dre's a Kendrick fan. So they need to know what he thinks about the song. Cool. Made me listen to the song. I got my thoughts. This is going to be fun. And then also we have to talk about Young Thug and Gunna and everything going on there, which more info is coming out every second, it seems, about that. Start off, though, Dre. People love Fight Nick. Fight Nick. Hey. <laughs> hey. The people want Fight Nick. Hey, I'm going to get that copywritten because I think we're getting very close to getting that stolen from us. Shout out to Big E. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, I told, I told E about it. I texted him about it. Before I, I told him, I was like, we came up with this idea on the show called Fight Nick. And he was like, Ooh, can I be a part of that? <laughs> like, it's dangerous. I don't know if it's very PG for your WWE fans out there, but uh, at all, Big E just doing the splits. Wow, like Big E could be Bruce Buffer though. Yeah. Oh, he would love to do that. Just ring announce, yeah. like the whole day. like butt cheeks all around. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got Big E and butt cheeks. <laughs> That's like the after party. Big E and butt. Cheeks. Big E and butt cheeks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tor. I just put you on blast. But that's what we're doing. Biggie and butt cheeks. The post fight party for for fight at Magic Nick. City, baby. Biggie yes. and butt cheeks. Biggie, yeah, if it's in Atlanta, it's got to be at Magic City. Sponsored by Lemon Pepper Chicken Wings. I don't even I'm know who's making. I'm gonna be tossing the lemon pepper wings like E tosses pancakes. Oh, that'd be incredible. Like I'm just gonna new day it up at the strip club, just tossing wings. Yeah. So we have verses. We have Biggie and butt cheeks. We have the Adult <laughs> Film Festival. Um, that's a Jace. Yeah, <laughs> it will have to, that has to be hosted by Snoop and Luke. Oh my god! 
even though Snoop's like a household name, he's like good, clean, and wholesome. I guarantee if I said Snoop, <laughs> this is what we're doing. He'd be oh, like, he's like, hell yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you know, Snoop's down. I kind of want Ludacris in on this. What? It's Atlanta, I, why not? Yeah. And Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, I need like DJ Lover Lover Ludacris, like back, back in the oh, day. Oh, Chris Lover Lover? Throw, throw, throw it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to bring this all full circle. So y'all really liked uh, Fight Nick, and I really like Fight Nick. Yeah, and I like think, you know, we might scare some people with Fight Nick. I think, like, you got to have it in Atlanta, because if you did it in Vegas, it'd be like NBA All-Star Weekend, where people are no, like, we're yeah, never doing all... this shit again. No, no, no. Do it in Atlanta. Do Fight Week. Biggie and Butt Cheeks. You got, yeah, you got the verses. I don't, I don't even care who's in verses. Just whoever. We do yeah, like five I, mean, I don't know who wants. I think like everybody will raise their hand to fight. You said Adrian Broner. You know he would. Oh, Broner would be there. We got to have like one celeb fight. Shout out to this weekend where we have people like coming through and randomly fighting. Who could we have fight? Yo, I mean it's Atlanta. Who can't we have fight? We could have Kanye and Pete Davidson fight. That wouldn't be bad. That's yeah. t- that's too many tickets though. Like at this point, Kanye got an entourage. There's there's a lot going on there. It'd be for Kim's for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Kids on a pole match. Kids on a pole. Everything's pro wrestling. Kids on a pole match. Kanye versus Pete Davidson with Kim Kardashian in attendance. The kids suspended above the ring in a steel cage. Oh and, man, uh, super tan Pete Davidson now. Yeah, yo, he came out looking crazy. Came out looking like Mark Merrill. Marco Merrill. <laughs> He's just tan. Yeah. Man, looking like Taz. Like, we thought the, he was light-skinned black. The funny thing about that fight is Pete Davidson would take that fight in a heartbeat. Yeah, why not? He's like, I ain't going to lose. He wins that fight. If he wins, I got Kim's kids. Yeah. If yeah. I don't, oh, well, I didn't want him anyway. Like, that's yeah. how I feel he, like he looks at that. Whereas Kanye West would be... That's everything. <laughs> Kanye West would be in the gym. Remember when, like, Vince McMahon was going to wrestle Stone Cold and he was chasing the chicken? Oh my god! So we have to do like Shane a montage. Yes, he'd be chasing the chicken like he, you know. Yo, what's the name of Vince's gym that he had in all the promos back in the day? Is it Ico Pro? That's Ico Pro. Yeah, like Lex Luger did Ico Pro. So we'd have <laughs> to have like a whole package, and it would. I'm trying to think because we've already got Hennessy as a sponsor. Somebody said we should have done Hypnotic. I was offended. Yeah. Shout out! I think that was my mom. That was your mom? Yeah. yeah Nobody yeah. drinks Hypnotic in 2020. No, we, no, we're not. And then someone that. then commented, "Incredible Hulk." And I was like, y'all are going too far. You got no, we're already nostalgic. I fight Nick. No, I don't want to die. To be fair, what did they drink in the 90s at Freak Nick? Well, that, that was before the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, like, that was way before that. We got to bring something else. That back. was Alizé. Oh my God. Alizé. Alizé and Cisco? Yeah. No, but what? No, listen. <laughs> fight Nick has to be somewhat classy, right? As soon as you start bringing malt liquor into the equation, everything goes to hell. All right. Okay. We got to be careful. You gotta be careful because then if you open the door for that, you open the door for chitlins. And I ain't having chitlins oh, at no, no damn fight. No, 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 no. We're we gotta not, keep it classy no, with we the wings. Keep it classy. That's what I said. We gotta have Hennessy XO. Okay. You know, we some got champagne. Some Jamaican food. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm big on Jamaican food. We have some. Jamaican food in Atlanta is fire, too. Yeah. We, Every you know, time I go. We got the strip club. We got the adult film festival. What am I missing? What else is black that's missing? Um, Some cake? Like, you know, I'm a strip club eating cake kind of guy. I thought you were talking about different kind of cake. No, 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 different. <laughs> no, there's there's cake everywhere, but like literal cake. I, I feel like we need a dessert or something. Battle of the Bands. We said HBCU's Battle of the Bands. Yep. Which would be good for a versus. Which, yeah, which would be good for a versus. Um, I don't think that's been done before. No. You can have the bands play the songs for the hip-hop acts. Or you can have the bands play the songs for the strippers. Oh, stripping to the band song? Yes. Do, 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 do. 
Ooh. Everybody drop it like it's hot. Look at <laughs> Yo. Damn, we're on to something. We keep being on something. Yeah, it is. But now, now we're we're giving all the details wait, out. Hold on, hold bad. on. We're gonna have to open a Patreon for <laughs> the rest of this shit. Yo, we're gonna <laughs> somebody right now is like, you heard what Andreas and Kel said? Gonna crowdfund this? We're, we're gonna take it and we're not, we're gonna act like it was our idea. And that's what they're gonna do. Somebody's thinking about that right now. The fact that you're wearing your R Hills Rock sweater. Ah, it makes it all counterproductive. Now I got like that that people like donated to get that started is incredible. We just gotta do it for this now. We yeah. just got to bring it back. Yeah, it's just, it feels weird. The guy who brought you Ruby Bridges is now bringing you Biggie and Butt Cheeks. <laughs> the man is multifaceted. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, hey, man. Big E can do it all, people. Like, yeah. this is... That, yeah. yeah, bong, bong. Diversify your portfolio <laughs> with Biggie and Butt Cheeks and Ruby Bridges. Big E and Butt Cheeks. <laughs> you know that's going to be on a shirt, <laughs> you know? He's about to have merch. I got to hit up Littlefoot. Like, oh god! Like a little foot. We, we, we is, need some biggie of butt cheeks merch. Can you imagine it? With the splits and like I really can. Floating butt cheeks. Or yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. We're gonna start a Kickstarter, yeah. and we're gonna raise money by selling merch prior to Fight Nick. Yes. Um, we have no fights booked. Who gives a shit? Uh, Broner can't cost that much. Nah, and I, and we gotta have at least like one bum fight. Take it all the way back. Bum fights. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, yo, I'm telling you, we can get like Stevie J to fight. We get that whole audience. Like somebody's fighting. You have a girl fight between like Pinky and Cherokee. Oh, Pinky's like four foot ten, though. I don't care. She got no reach. You think anybody's watching that fight for the fight? No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> we're doing too much. Uh, yeah, but I, I feel like we're right. There. I, I feel like maybe who? Let us know what porn stars got beef. <laughs> We're throwing them in the ring. Tiana Trump has beef with somebody. Oh, I'm sure of it. Every wife in America. <laughs> That's who she has beef with. Every wife in America. Oh. <laughs> Finding her an opponent is so easy. Just whoever you want. Oh, oh man. Yeah, we have gone off the rails. Thank you, everyone, for supporting yeah, fight a fight day. 2023. <laughs> Coming to Atlanta. Oh my God, Spring. yo! You put that like Memorial Day in Atlanta next year. Oh my God! Oh, that's, that's yo! It. You know how much the charges for insurance, <sighs> bro? <laughs> it's like, hey, everybody's gonna die. We just got to do like like WWE did during the pandemic and just have people sign waivers. Yeah, like <laughs> it's straight. If you die, you die. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. it. Death by butt cheek. You, people sign up for it. There's so much that can happen. You can die of a gunshot. Like I'm really making it bad. You could have a gunshot. You could die like party still get shot up. I, I don't know. You could have an STD. So. I mean, that's more like you know what I'm saying. Like, hey, you got to sign a waiver for all of it. Everything, <laughs> everything, <laughs> anything that you could possibly think of could happen. But we're we're just trying to keep, keep it classy. Our, our waiver sheet on the phone is just like scrolling multiple pages, yeah. and then you just press X at the bottom, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Sign. You're just giving everything away. That's it. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh man, Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta's ready for. Even yeah, they're wanting this. Yeah, yep. I'm ready. This, this honestly brings your whole career full circle. Like from going to the HBCU in Atlanta to going to the last Freak Nick, mm-hmm. then covering music, then covering combat sports. It's literally encapsulating your entire adult life in one event. Yeah, 
That's, might be the end of my marriage. You're made for this. My, <laughs> my marriage might be over by the end of this thing. Like, no, what? Your wife's on baby number two. She can't wait to get out of the house. That's you. Like, wait, we going to Atlanta? Nah, what? Gonna... <laughs> Somebody call the grandparents. Have, yeah. them, have them take these babies. She's gonna be like, she's like, I'm coming with. <laughs> oh yeah, she'll come with, and she's like, it stank out here because you know, oh. like, it's gonna stink. Whatever yeah, it is, yeah, that ain't going. Yeah. This, yeah, you've been in enough strip clubs. It's it's, it's, it's it's rough. There's a lot of glitter. A lot, yeah, a lot of glitter and sequins and yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's, there's going to be rules. All right, well, it's going to be rules. Tune in for the next episode of the the Corner Podcast as this goddamn frightening idea evolves, and we'll have rules. Uh, Floyd Mayweather's fighting on a helipad this weekend. We're going to talk. About Put the this shit on the roof of Magic City. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. Top that. Take your Dubai, you know, billion dollar. Oh, winner gets free wings for life. Like Lou Will. Yeah. They're fighting to the death. <laughs> like people kill over those wings. Wow. Yeah. Now we're planning some. Somebody hit up Magic City. Tell them. Tell them we need. Uh, They're already listening. Yeah. <laughs> they got ears on everything. Yeah, we will take a Magic City sponsorship though. Like if, if you guys are listening. You know, free admission, a couple like $200, $300 Magic City bucks. It's the only time I'm throwing money. If not, I'm going in there, I'm throwing $20. Host fight after party at Waffle House. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody going to be at the after party. Waffle House already packed. Yep. (laughs) Doors open with Waffle House. Get in where you fit in. Literally, because you know how Waffle House is. Then you can watch a man cook your food and shit. That's, That's where the problems start. The strip club is fine. Yeah. Every video online of the Waffle House, somebody getting the ass. It's a fight. It's a Every fight. time. Most of the time, it's the workers yeah. putting in, just putting hands on people. That's like Waffle House's resume asks, what's your pro record? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> what's your professional record? Oh, eight and two? Yeah, you can go ahead. You're you on here. <laughs> eight and two. Then, can you make a pancake? Yeah. <laughs> can, can, can you make a waffle? Can you make a waffle? You know how to flip this iron? Yeah. How your grits? Yeah, all right, cool. All right, That's cool. like question number three or four. Yep. First, got hands. <laughs> got hands. That's a shirt. Yo, got it. Oh, man, so many merch ideas. All right, don't steal our stuff. Uh, we came here to talk about hip-hop. And talking Atlanta, this is a good segue to people that won't be at Fight Nick. Does it seem? Young Thug and Gunna. They pulled, pulled him out the crib. Shout out to Gunna for just rocking the, the white V-neck in the crib. Like, that's... That's prime. I ain't trying to go nowhere today. Don't bother me attire. That that is me on my off days. When I have off days, it's just like basketball shorts, deep white V-neck, real Puerto Rican doubt. So I appreciate Gunna rocking the right apparel and his uh, mug shot. But Dre, it's something I talk about all the time on this show. And I'm going back to these kids don't know how to have a proper gimmick. They all, every time, now in hip-hop, I see it when kids in Chicago and Detroit, New York, they either get arrested or shot or get caught up in something like this. It's like, you guys don't know anything about the fabric of hip-hop. As soon as you make it as a rapper, you stop doing that. And now you talk about what you did or you make it up. They're still doing it. Yeah. You know, they got worked into a shoot. What I, what I've called, I wrote an article years ago called Stop Snitching on Yourself. Because at a certain point, you, you're telling yourself enough and, you know, Rico and the, the feds are like, mm-hmm, all right, bet. <laughs> we got you. 
Yeah. Um, and it seems like that's what happened with Young Thug. I guess they have all kinds of evidence about this rented car that was used in the shooting and posting on Instagram with the chains and all that stuff. And, you know, some people are like, oh, the hip-hop police. And I'm like, all right, whatever. My issue with this is uh, this is where the people that go, free Young Thug, come out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> For what? <laughs> like, I mean, it, I'm just, I'm being honest here. Like some Young Thug fans out there. But... You can't let your fandom for an artist cloud your vision of when they do something stupid that's going to get them incarcerated, right? It's not like, if it is pure coincidence and Young Thug gets off, I'd be like, all right, cool. But people start running around saying free ex-rapper because they feel like, I like his music. He couldn't have done that. Eh, it was a long enough time ago where he could have done it. And if he did do it, you need to separate the art from the artist and say, uh, yeah, he did it. It's, I mean, there's certain things that are completely taboo. Yeah. You, you can't even say you like R. Kelly's music anymore because it hits too close to home. It's rap. Yeah. But if you're, if an artist, I, again, they're not political prisoners. Young Thug and Gunna, they're not, listen to their names. This <laughs> 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 it sounds very elderly of me. Yeah, but, I'm not trying to judge a book by its color. But I'm just saying. But one is named Thug as a surname, and then the other is just Gunna. Yeah. <laughs> Gunner. Short like, for Gunner. And it's like, it's like, all right, man, if you don't want the heat on you, like, you can, you can have the name. It's fine. But when you start doing all the actions with the name, and I believe they have like 63 to 83 uh, bits of evidence yes. that they can use, your name isn't helping you anymore. Because when you get called in that courtroom, they could use your real name. Or if they could go, can we have Gunna to the stand, please? <laughs> the journey's like, oh. Because they're like, Gunna, he did it. Gunna got to sing. Yeah. Tell you this much. Hey, somebody sang and Jay-Z told us a little while ago about Rico when they pull up on you. <coughs> and how much snitching on, that you're going to do. Yep. It's, at this point, it's like it's so far removed. I mean, all the all the people that you dealt with, they're collateral damage. You got to keep yourself afloat. Oh, hands down. Or even then, if they are your people like that, they got to be like, nah, you ain't do it. And they got to take those years and you just got to put money on the books. That's, that's how it should. That's how the code of the street says, like, yo, you got to take this L. You going away anyway. So hold this time. Put money on the books. You live good in there. When you come home, we good. Jay-Z's man sat down like 15 years for him. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing, the, the craziest thing about Jay-Z, right? Because when he speaks on this, in this interview was like about a decade ago. Yeah. He tells about Rico and saying, you know, nah, it might have been less. Jay-Z stabbed somebody. Yeah. <laughs> stabbed he, on. He stabbed Lance <laughs> Unrivera. <laughs> And became the biggest star in hip-hop, right? Yeah. You got to know how to move. At a certain point, you got to separate yourself from your previous life. In Jay's case, he had to separate himself from a previous life that was like three weeks ago when, <laughs> when he stabbed Un over some mixtape shit. But then he, he removed himself from that situation. Thug and Gunna, I was like, get off of social media with the nonsense. Kids can't. They can't. Kids they, post everything broadcast. on social media. It's crazy. Relax. And it's like, yo, it's not that serious. I, I mean talking to you is preaching to the choir yes. and who posts nothing on social media but even me like i used to like to post a lot of stuff when we began this show i'd post damn near everything um i don't have time anymore now running like five social media accounts the last thing i want to do is post on my own damn social media so i really don't just out of sheer exhaustion for these platforms but if i did it was just like i ain't gonna tell y'all everything like I tell more on the podcast than anything, but even then, like, I omit names when it comes to, like, past friends who may not be as squeaky clean. Like, it's so easy to just be, like, hypothetically or leave a situation, you know, leave stuff out. Kids nowadays would be like, yo, uh, 
oh, who was it? Bobby Schmurter. They pulled up everything on them. He was like, yo, he caught a body about a week ago. And the man's really caught a body. And it was all like the number one song in America. Like, and that'd be did, the first one. How do they know? No, like, yo, he's, his man's really caught that body a week ago. <laughs> like, and you're just snitching. It, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how this happens. And I've seen people... They'll get away with... Like, I mean, look, I've seen people say that people that are speaking against Young Gun... Young Gun. Young Gun. Yo! I just, I just put it all together. Yeah, uh, the people the that are speaking gun. against Young Thug and Gunna, it, <laughs> they're saying, oh, you're not really for the culture. You're not really hip-hop. You're, you're a Republican. You're speaking like a right-winger. And it's like, no, dude. Like, I... This will go into our next subject, which is Kendrick Lamar. There is a certain point where you got you have to change your life. <laughs> you gotta change. You, look, you would think. I honest to God, I go back home, to New York. Shit really hasn't changed. So I go to the block. Everybody on the block. I go to the project. Say what up to everybody. Shout out to Parkside. I roll up there. Everybody's still there. But they They're got money now though. Old heads. No, no. That's what I'm saying. Like Young Thug's got money. They're yeah. not broke. No. And you have to remove yourself from that situation or else it's your fault. Yeah. Easier said than done, right? Yeah, like no if sure. they help you like start the wave while you're on the wave, you kind of got to rent them a car if they need a rental. Hey, like, listen. They're like, yo, you got a real ID and some credit. Like, can you rent me this car? And then they do God knows what in said car. Learn how to launder money properly. That's key. Learn how to launder money and don't post it on social media. Look, I'm laundering my money. uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Learned a lot about. And it better call Saul. Yeah. Yeah, Learned a lot about laundering money. But it's very important that you you find yourself enough distance. Look, I'm speaking like a true criminal. (laughs) You find enough distance between yourself and the people that you associate with that when the money trail, it has to stop somewhere and it can't stop at you. Yeah. It's got to go somewhere else. And a rented vehicle used in a shooting, that's that's a little bit too Very fitting for a boxing podcast episode, given like the... Uh, the kid hand situation, and everything we just went through. Yeah, true. It, but I it's mean, just, they took them like a smooth decade to catch him up. And they made vehicle. lots of money. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Twenty. I, I hope there's years. not a video of Young Thug walking into Hertz renting this car. There might be. <laughs> there could be. I mean, he doesn't seem like the guy who just rents something yeah. online. But like, we'll gonna see. Go ahead and just be like, yo, we'll see. I'm Young Thug. Give me this car. It's. It, it's weird. We'll see how that plays out. Again, I think they get away with it, but it's still one of those situations where it's just like, why? Yeah, it's why. Makes no sense. You mentioned Kendrick Lamar. Yep. And we go from young person hip hop to old person hip hop. That's not old people hip hop. Dre, this is old people hip hop. And I say it endearing for the endearing tone. It's old people hip hop. I think in our group chat, someone posted, like, the girl was like, I don't want to hear this. I want to hear people shooting. Yeah, and, like, yeah. like, that's real. People do. They do. The music on the radio isn't Kendrick Lamar. No, it's not. Like, the young kids, I don't think like Kendrick Lamar. I, I mean, that video did 1.8 million in 24 hours, and I know that wasn't just old people. I mean, that 1.8, honestly, ain't that crazy. I'm just saying, less than 24 hours? 6 9 dropped a video once. That joint did, like, 120. I mean, in like 24 hour yeah. period. I don't know what it's at now. I'm just saying it's there. I think it's a maturity thing and not necessarily just an age thing. That's fair. I you think can be a y- because I have friends that are my age that be like, I don't want to hear this shit. When is somebody getting shot on this song? And I'm like, hey, you got kids, man. <laughs> got- What's wrong with you? 
So it's it's a maturity thing. I mean, there's an age thing, there's a generational thing, but Kendrick drop, drops the hard part five. Uh, Which, the, let's be clear, it's not going to be on the album. No, the hearts are never on they're the never album. They're never on the album. No, they're, they're, they're teasers to the yeah. album. So uh, let me get your thoughts on the song and the video. Only watched the video once. Listened to the song more than a dozen times. I like the song. Back to the live instrumentation. First thing that pops out to me. Not that he ever gets too far away from it. But I feel like the damn had more of a classic hip-hop vibe. This is more uh, to pimp a butterfly. Live instrumentation. But still dope. Third verse is incredible. Just just like, yo, drop the drums. And then he gets busy. And then I was like, all right. But the whole thing is dope. Again, I... I think the beginning is and teases towards the album, like you said. And like, it's very poignant where he's like, everyone sees stuff through different perspectives. And then the song goes through different perspectives in each verse. He's not looking at, same topic, looking at it from different angles. I'm thinking that's how the album is going to be. I think it's like a good puzzle piece to what we're going to get. Telling the story through multiple perspectives. Of the same topic. Just different perspectives probably on every song. Which is why I like Good Kid Mad City. Right. Because that is an album of really growing up like in the hood and like growing up through that. But through multiple perspectives. So you get a song like Money Trees which is different than the opening. Which gets... um, Every song was told from a different thing. And then you got like the story at the end that really pieces it together of every track. But... Every song was like, oh, okay, there's, it's multifaceted. The hood isn't what you just think the hood is. There's all of these different aspects of it. So I'm hoping that this is more Good Kid, Mad City, like a return to it um, for the album. But the track, I really liked. The tone, and I wonder what you think. The tone of this song, and I wonder if the album follows it, gives me like, yo, this is my last album vibes. Not just, this is my last album on TDE. Right. Like, I'm like, yo, he's kind of like wrapping stuff up. Thank you. Like, could this be it? I don't know. All right. So, so like, people started texting me. <laughs> like, all right. I forgot what I was doing. I was busy doing something. And I sat down and I watched the video before I listened to the song. And then I've listened to the song, like, a, a lot. The album is called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Mr. Morale. There's something to this to when we listen to the heart because if you listen to the heart and you watch the, the video with the deep fakes, OJ Simpson, Kanye West, Jesse Smollett, Kobe Bryant, Nipsey Hussle. Those are the five faces he is. And Will Smith. There, there is a, the, the theme of the song, if you listen very closely to it or if you listen to it at all, Kendrick is explaining what culture is and isn't. Where he talked, like, expect the, my favorite part of the song, he says, hurt people hurt more people. And that's when he transforms into Will Smith. Yeah. That's not culture. When Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, a lot of people were like, that's why culture on full display. And it's like, that's embarrassing. That is a hurt person who hurt somebody. That's not culture. Our trauma is in culture. Yeah. And I think, Mr. Morale in the Big Steppers is going to deal with the different perspectives of trauma 
in the black community and how it manifests itself. I'd be totally wrong. We never know what the hell Kendrick's doing until the album drops. If you listen to this song, you know, he, he transforms to Kanye West when he talks about I got a friend that's bipolar, right? And he, when he transforms to OJ in the, in the beginning of the second verse, he talks about he just wants to be liked. Yep. Because that's what OJ was. OJ, he just wanted to be embraced by people. He ended up murdering people, allegedly. <laughs> uh, but then you have Jesse Smollett, who was, you know, what we, what, whatever he did or didn't do is still up in question because Jesse is still on social media talking like, I didn't do it. I got jumped. I got beat up. I didn't pay anybody. You wanted attention? Yeah. What did you want? And I think, obviously, Kobe Bryant, who you got to remember, Kobe Bryant was up for a rape trial. Mm-hmm. And then Kobe Bryant became, before he passed away, was like a media darling. It was a period where Kobe Bryant's an asshole. You remember? Yeah. Kobe, Kobe snitched on Shaq. Kobe did all these things. Kobe. Flipped it full circle. And obviously the last verse rapping strictly from the perspective of Nipsey yep. before he got shot and killed. Because if you listen to the song, it's like, did Nipsey get killed by the culture? Did, did Will Smith smack Chris Rock for the culture? No, these are hurt people that hurt people. These are, these are things in our community that are traumatic experiences, but we've embraced them so tightly that we, we think that they're part of our culture. Yeah. When we, what we should be doing is understanding what trauma is or what, what anger is or what therapy is and how these things manifest. And we should say, this isn't our culture. Our culture is something else. What this is is hurt people. What this is is bipolar. What this is the symptoms of a community that need to be fixed. We shouldn't embrace them. Again, I could be totally wrong, but it makes sense. And no, it seems spot on. <laughs> and it, I, I feel like those, this is the teaser. And usually, you know, the hard series is a teaser to what you're going to get on the upcoming album. I think that's what is now expected. And then on top of that, he said, I mean, it's, bo- it's a bold thing to sample Marvin Gaye. I want you. Like, that's a song that he sampled. You sample yeah. Marvin Gaye, I want you, got killed by his pops. There, I mean, I just have Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Like, I'm piecing this thing together. And I'm like, there is... There is something about trauma and community. Now, I think I said it on the podcast, and I'll just be fully transparent. 2020, I go to LA. I go to Roscoe's with Top Dog. We're talking about just music. I was trying to get TDE to do stuff with when I was with Zone at the time. We were trying to set up meetings. I was like, where's Kendrick? I went to the studio. Absol was there. And Top FaceTimes Kendrick. And Kendrick's going to the studio. He's got his baby going to the studio. And I'm like, is the album done? We go into his car. He plays like a piece of a song. He's like, because he knows I don't want to hear the whole thing in advance. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, yeah. That, now, this is, this is February 2020. He's like, yeah, the album's like pretty close to being done. Pandemic happens. Whole album goes away. We never hear it. Nothing happens. All this time has passed. And if you listen to The Hard Part 5, it's very recent. Yep. Right? So it's like, and Kendrick does this. Like, he, he was after Good Kid, Mad City. He went to Africa, had the experience, scrapped whatever he was doing. Because he was on a tour with Kanye, where I was supposed to be on tour with Kanye. Me and Shake from Two Dope Boys, we were supposed to film the making of this album. Scrapped it after he went to Africa, came back with Tim, to Pimper Butterfly. There is something about where Kendrick has something to say that's relevant right now, that's important. I think he's pieced together everything that's happened since the pandemic. And that's what Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is going to be all about. But I love this song. I saw people that hated the song. But it's like there's people on this weird other side of the fence. It's like, if you love Future... And it's super toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's going to be hard to also like Kendrick. You can do both. You can like both. But man, like people like love Future's album and I listen to Future's album and they're like, whoa. This is like the Kevin Samuels of hip hop. Rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Yo, oh. when I'm telling you, people were on him. Yep. Can, uh, let me let me address <laughs> this real quick. Oh my God. 
I'm not… I don't feel either way about Kevin Samuels. Why? Because I didn't know him. I don't… I'm not going to say I didn't care that he died. But I'm not going to say good. Good riddance. I'm not going to do that. Somebody yeah. died. At the same time, all the things that he said is the reason why I've never listened to him in the first place. That toxic masculinity that he had was Next. toxic. And the fact that he's gone now, I will never wish death upon anybody. But there will be a point where it's like, am I supposed to be sad that he's gone? Because I'm indifferent. People die every day, B. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, people die all the time and we don't revere the people that you know that, or none, like, you don't, none of that stuff matters. Yeah. But the Kevin's, whew, I, they were I, roasting his ass. Rightfully so. He made, he made a living out of basically gaslighting yeah. black women. Like, that was his whole thing. It was like, oh, you're fat or you're this. If you're over 35, you're like, you're leftovers. Like, yo, man. Yo, yeah. He would say it with his chest, too. And there, and there are people that I know that were like, I rock with Kevin Samuels. I'm like, whoa. Don't come around me and my wife. My wife will cook your ass. <laughs> That's the wrong one. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially my wife. But you got to chill. But yeah. There, there's a lot going on in society. And I feel like this Kendrick album is about to pick up from March 2020 to present day. A lot has happened with this pandemic. George Floyd. So much has happened. And now it's, it's time to talk. I want to listen to the other album. I know. Especially it's not, just sitting on the cutting room floor. So I much. mean, so this is funny because I don't know how true this is. When the Pimper Butterfly came out, remember the uh, un, uh, untitled, the unreleased? Yeah. That's kind of my fault in this weird way. Because I did the, uh, the Grammy oral history of the Pimper Butterfly. Yep. And in there, the stuff that didn't make, because it ended up being like 15,000 words. Me and Kendrick talked for hours. And I talked to Soundway. I, talked, I went to the studio. I met up with everybody. I talked to Thundercat. I talked to everybody. And I couldn't put it all in this interview because I had a word count. Yeah. So I called Shake and I was like, hey, I'm going to just drop some nuggets from this upcoming Grammy interview for you. They said I could use it. One of the things was, Kendrick was like, I have a bunch of songs that I'm never going to put out. And one of them he had performed on the Stephen Colbert show, I think it was the Blue Light song or whatever it was. Yeah. And I, LeBron James read it. LeBron James goes on Instagram. You can go back and find this post. LeBron's like, I want to hear the rest of the songs. I, I knew it was my story that he read because I'm the only one that had it. Because I was the only one that spent that much time with him to find out that there was a vault full of songs that did not come out. And then the next thing I know, Top is hitting me. He's like, why you do that? <laughs> now, now I got to put this shit out. <laughs> and then the Untitled and Release album came out. So, and it ended up being pretty dope. And people was like, why didn't it come out? Because Kendrick has a thing. Like, if it, if it doesn't fit the narrative of that album, he's not going to use it. Yeah. One day, like, Stevie Wonder has a vault full of songs that have never come out. One day, Prince 2, maybe those songs will come out. But it's good to know that there's an artist who sits there and says, I don't need to put everything. Because there's artists that put out way too much. Yeah, music. yeah. Be economical. That's crazy. Usually, yeah, just sitting, could be sitting on a classic. He's could like, be. nah, I got another one. Here. Yeah, he's like, I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, it's just like, nah, I got nah, it. that's old now. Yep. It's crazy. Incredible. So uh, we get the album in a week. Couple days. Couple days. Couple days. So next week we get to talk about the album. Boy. And we get, and the good thing about now shows coming out on Wednesday, we get some time to sit with it. Yeah, this boy, well, I prompt when this album drops, I'm going to do it again. This social say, media is going to be on I'm not going to say anything. I didn't say anything. <laughs> when Damn came out, I didn't say anything because I can't do that. Yeah. I may reference a song and be like, man, that song's really good. But when I see people doing the instant classic thing or this is the best album of the year, it's, I tell you all the time, stop. It's too soon. People expect this already to be the best album of the year. And that's not fair. Give the, art, the give the art some room to breathe. 
I want it to be, of course, we all want it to be great. We're going to have to have some yeah. serious conversation if this fool puts out another. I'm not sure if Damn album. was a classic. I really like Damn. But every album's damn near in the conversation of being a classic album so far. I, I mean, look, man, we've. He we, set the bar for himself. The bar is inexplicably high. Yes. Man, won a Pulitzer. Like, he's yeah. done all these things. It's just the, the internet, when Kendrick Lamar drops this album, the internet is going to be a disaster. Because there's going to be people that will be like, this is the greatest thing. He's better than Biggie and Tupac. And there's people that say, I hate it. This is trash. And I'm not going to be part of any of it. I can't wait for someone to say, well, the future album was better. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. But slap him with my 18-year-old flip-flop. All I ever do with most albums, I did it with Saba's album. I did it with every album. I like. It's like, I don't talk. I just listen to it. Just shut up. Listen to the music. I mean, I, I wish the days were back where you would go buy like a cassette or CD. And you could play it with your friends. You had nobody to talk to. There was you couldn't go on like no, Instagram was, and social media. You just talk to your friends, and your friends tell you what's dope. Now there's so much influence from like outside sources that if one person that's popular says something, we all kind of run with it. Yep. Just enjoy the music. And he somehow Kendrick has somehow managed to be gone for almost five years and come back, and then people are just like, "All right, no single, no nothing, nothing." Yo, here. <laughs> yes, yeah, here you go. Thanks. So it's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait to see what that sounds like. Let's hit the break, though, because we got to come back. So much boxing to talk about. Canelo Alvarez takes the L this past weekend. We were both there at the fight, sitting damn near right next to each other. Very close. Um, so we'll talk about that, our perspectives of the fight, and then preview everything coming up this weekend as well. So you guys don't go anywhere. Tons of boxing talk coming up right after this. Welcome back, everybody. As promised, time to talk boxing. Oh, is that what we're here for? I mean, you know, we talked fight, Nick. We talked hip-hop. We talked everything. But yes, we're here to talk boxing. Recapping a Canelo weekend that, one, the weekend was dope. It was cool. The environment was great. Mexican fans were out in droves. Build-up was normal. Canelo build-up. Fight night, a little weird. Very late-arriving crowd. Yep. I mean... The undercard wasn't anything to... It was trash. <laughs> the undercard was terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. The Montana love fight did not play out as I'm sure they had hoped. It was no. not exciting at all. Uh, so UFC was on the laptop. Yo. All right. So we're talking UFC tomorrow. Yeah. Basically. We record tomorrow. Uh, this is just a funny aside. So I was watching... So Canelo Bivol are going into the ring. At the same time, Roseanne Mayunas and Carlos Esparza get ready to fight. So I'm watching Canelo Bivol, and I'm looking down at Rose and Carla. I looked at Rose and Carla like nothing was happening. I thought something was wrong with my computer. I was like, you're freezing. <laughs> and I looked, and time was moving, but they weren't doing anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And they, I was like, oh, this fight just sucks. And then I actually watched it again before I had to do uh, MMA Hour or MMA Today with RJ Clifford. And I was like, yo, this is, we'll talk about this. This is one of the worst title fights I've ever seen. It, it wasn't great. So it was like, it was perfect, though, because I was like, I'm just going to watch Canelo and Bivol. I'm, I don't even need to look at this fight. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Canelo comes into the fight, and for the first time in a long time, Canelo didn't have an answer to what his opponent gave him. Nope. And Eddie Reynoso is not having the best week, like month or 
two months because, and someone pointed out to me, I think my dad, I was talking to my dad about the fight. And I was like, dad, you had a good boxing take. Spot on here. He was like, two weekends in a row, Eddie Reynoso saw the same exact style from two different fighters and couldn't solve the puzzle in each. Hmm. Shakur was offensive in spots and spurts. He was able to put Valdez against the ropes. They weren't going for a knockout, but limited the amount of punches thrown at them with pressure. Valdez couldn't hit Shakur, couldn't throw. He loaded up on everything. There was no jab. There was no... Valdez was swinging for the fences. Shakur took advantage of that. Didn't get hit very often. Valdez didn't land more than like 10 punches around. Neither did Canelo. Yep. Same exact... Game plan, style, everything. Eddie Reynoso couldn't solve it either time. I'm going to blame Canelo more than I am going to blame Eddie Reynoso. Because, all right, obviously everybody knows Canelo loses yes. decision 115-113 across the board. And I'm going to get into this whole thing because I wrote a story about how Canelo's ambition to be great could be to his detriment, right? We got to applaud the man for taking the chance. Of course. And we'll talk about pound for pound too because this gets really interesting when we talk yep. about pound for pound. But the fight itself, I said last week, stop sleeping on Bivol. He doesn't make mistakes. He's defensively sound. He's got a great jab. Great jab. Those are, those are problem areas. And I thought Canelo could adjust and realize that I can't wear him down. I have to win on points. Yep. What Canelo did in this fight, he starts off the first round trying to figure out what Bivol is doing. Throws the uppercut, throws the right hand. Bavall takes it, no problem. He keeps, they keep pushing. I think Canelo has in his head the Kovalev fight. All right, I'm going to keep doing this. Eventually, I'm going to catch you. I'm going to knock you out. Yep. Or I'm going to wear you down like Callum Smith and you won't throw punches. If you look at the post fight, Bavall was like, yeah, he's got power. Look at this welt on my arm. Yep. But the size matters. There's a reason why there are weight classes. And I think Canelo found this out the hard way because what happened is, is he goes into a fight with a very sound Russian fighter who's not in awe of Canelo's skills. He's going to fight his game plan. Sturdy chin in this prime physical, he's in his prime physically. And Canelo never realized, it was too late when Canelo realized, you know, you think you can chip away at the stone and the stone's going to break? Stone is big, thick, and you're chipping at it and nothing's happening. And now you're getting deeper into the fight. I think it's around, around eight or nine. You can see it on Canelo's face where he said, I have nothing, I can't do anything with this. Yep. There was no real adjustment. He still tried to do the same thing. The beautiful thing about Bivol's strategy is what I didn't expect him to do. Canelo would come, try to throw an uppercut. And you can see Canelo, if you watch it, you see Canelo will back down, his, his shoulders are dropped. And he's getting ready to unload a combination. Bivol senses it and starts throwing punches. Yep. Canelo can never get comfortable in the fight. Against other people, go back to the Caleb Plant fight. When Caleb Plant is talking to Canelo, you're good. Canelo's like, I've got you. Because yep. now you're thinking. Bivol was just in a mode. He was like, no, nah, you're not going to get nothing off on me. Bivol felt the perfect fight. And as there's going to be people's... I don't know if Bivol's better than Canelo skill-wise. I do know that that size mattered. I know he's bigger, yeah. Yeah, because there was nothing Canelo could do to chip away at that stone. And he ends up losing a decision. And now we see people's like, yeah, that's why he was ducking Charlo. I was like, no. No. 
He still beats Charlo. Knocks him out. Yeah, he still he still beats Charlo. I'm not worried about that fight. People lose in boxing. Yeah. Like, it's okay. There's a couple things here. One, the biggest loser in this is Gennady Golovkin. No. I think he's, his time still comes. He's 40. If you're 40 years old, you just beat Ryota Murata in Tokyo, and you were like, God. I'm getting my Canelo fight. Because obviously he thinks Canelo could beat Bavall. Even though Gennady probably looked at that fight was like tough stylistically. He's like, I'm getting this fight. Canelo loses. Now, the most lucrative fight on the table is still the Gennady Golovkin fight. Canelo don't think like that. Canelo's like, I want my fucking win back. Yep. So he wants to fight Bavall immediately. That's bad for Golovkin. Because that makes you wait again. Yep. You're 40. You don't have time to wait. You want this fight now. Every month that passes in boxing is like dog years at this point. Yep. So I think he's the biggest loser. The other thing is, I want to get your take on this before we talk about pound for pound and all this other stuff. I, Canelo's going to take an immediate rematch? I don't think he should. Honestly, I would, if I was talking to him, I would tell him to fight Triple G in September. Yeah, you would. He's not going to listen to you. No. He's crazy. Um, and then, if I'm him, again, he's in the ring with Baval, right? He understands how good he is. You have better be of Joe Smith fighting in June. Yeah. If I think Bivol is that good, I say, I'm going to fight Triple G and defend my belts. September. We will run this back beginning of 2023. January. Because I got a three-fight deal anyway. We'll run it back on the zone. Let me get Triple G out of here, defend my belts so that clock isn't ticking. And then I'll come back for this one. You, in the meantime, August, September, October, you go for undisputed. Because now I don't have to beat two people to come undisputed. Right. That weight is already an issue. So to, to go train all this time, beat Baval, and then come back and have to fight Better BF? I honestly think I, I saw what Bavall did to Canelo. Oh my God. People are like, oh, I knew he was this good. He's this great and all this stuff. Yeah, I think, I think he still loses to Better BF. Bavall? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, that's, that's a big dude with a different level of power. Yeah. He's a different level of power, but he's slow. He's Slower. Not, he's not as technically no. sound. Bavall is faster, yeah. but Canelo wasn't fast. No, no, no. So here's the issue. This is my issue he with was him. Very slow. This is my issue with him moving up to light heavyweight and fighting Bavall again. He's not comfortable at this way. No. And it was very clear that the size sapped his energy and his speed. Canelo is 68 and 60 is fast. Yep. Canelo is 68 and 60 has the endurance to go the 12 and keep the pace of whatever he wants to do. Canelo is 75 is stretching himself. Yep. You go into an immediate rematch with Bavall, I think, and he's not going to do it, but you need another fight at 75. Because you're not comfortable at 75. Yeah. But then can you even go back down at that point? Because well, now you're stretching your body. Well, here's the issue. That's why I don't think he's going to fight Triple G because he doesn't want to move down and then move back up. Yeah. I think he wants to hang out at 75 and, like, figure out physically how to get that mass right so he can fight Bavall again. Again, I wouldn't do it, but Canelo is crazy. He's over here talking about if Oksana Usyk is 201 yeah. pounds, I'll fight him. That's out the window. He's <laughs> nuts. Oh, Canelo is crazy. I think he can grab a cruiserweight title. 
So I don't yeah. think the Mbaku guy is what befalls. No. But but the issue is is that here's where we talk about ambition. Canelo dares to be great. That's yep. all he cares about is being great. The money doesn't matter at this point. Like he's going to get paid to fight anybody. But he wants to be the best of all time. Now, in the era of social media, we ultra magnify the loss. Like we're going looking at this loss like it's the end of his career. Yeah. No. And he's like, "No, he's not." Like there's a guy, there's a couple guys on my timeline who hate Canelo. And they tell me, oh, that's why he's not the greatest Mexican fighter of all time. Yes, he is. He's still yeah. the greatest Mexican fighter. And they here's all, why. The others lost too. Exactly. Here, but here's why. More than anything else, Julio Cesar Chavez lost to Frankie Randall. Yep. Frankie Randall is not Floyd Mayweather, who Canelo lost to. Mm-hmm. Frankie Randall was an 18-1 underdog. Chavez lost. He got the win back, but he lost. He got stopped by De La Hoya. He got stopped by Katsuzu. Yep. And he got stopped by some other guy at the end of his career when he's just old over the hill. Like Chavez made a whole career beating up cab drivers in super mismatches. Canelo has fought some of the best that you can possibly fight. Hall of Famers, boogeyman, he fights them all. Now, the problem with ambition is you dare to be great, but it comes at your detriment because you believe you can climb a mountain that you just can't climb. And that's when people go, well, but he lost. Like Floyd Mayweather says, well, Muhammad Ali, Ali lost, but there's a reason why you call him the greatest because he got those wins back. Yep. Run he, it back. He was like, hey, Kenny Norton, you broke my jaw. I'm going to come back. I'm going to beat you. Even though Kenny Norton was like horrible for him stylistically. Yeah. Joe Frazier, he did the same thing. He beat George Foreman. That's why he's great. If Canelo, and Canelo can do the same because Baval looks like, oh, stylistically, you can never beat him. He comes back out and beats him. Then it's like, oh, well. And that's what he's going to try to do. Yep. He has no interest in beating Golovkin, who he's already beat. No. He was doing it for the fans. More importantly, he was doing it so the rest of that light heavyweight division could shake out. So right. then when he's done, he can come back. But now his confidence has got the best of him. Where he went to a fight, and I know he's going to watch that tape and be like, wow, I, I fought a bad fight. Yeah. No jabs, all power punches. Decided, and I think you touched on it because the gas tank, there was multiple times in each round where he just puts his back on the ropes and lets Baval just swing. And cool, a lot of those miss. But your punch rate isn't high enough to just absorb even some punches on the ropes. Because it looks like he's winning that round. Yeah. So it, you can't do that like Mayweather did that. Because he also then landed more punches still than the guy throwing. Yeah. You know, like defensively, he was okay in this fight. Oh, yeah. Okay. Offensively, he didn't let his hands go. But when he marched forward, he had success. That uppercut landed at will. It just didn't hurt him. No, it didn't hurt him like, at all. Bival was, Bival was... You got to find a way to dude. split the guard with the jab. The overhand rights landed every now and then. You punched him in the arm, but Bival said during camp, his trainers watched the Callum Smith fight. It was like, this is what he does to bigger guys. You know, it's hard for him to reach your head all the time. He's going to beat up your arms. And he had people literally just go in the ring and beat the shit out of Baval's arms. All camp. Baval's like, yeah, it hurts. But we prepared for this. <laughs> like, it was ready. Yeah, people were beating my arms up the entire time. I asked Baval. We had a roundtable on Thursday. And I asked Dimitri Baval. I was like, what's the biggest mistake that a lot of fighters make against Canelo? And I was like, because the one thing that Baval kept saying is Canelo's really good. Yeah. Caleb Plant we wouldn't give him that. And then Caleb Plant got in the ring and was like, oh shit, he's better than I thought. Misha Baval is like, he's as good as everybody says he is. But I got to be on my game. I can't come in thinking I'm better than him. I just have to beat him. 
And he did just that. Now here's the question. Is Canelo still number one pound for pound? Not on my list. Who's number one? On my list? Yeah. Alexander Usyk is number one pound for pound in the world. Now, the man is an undisputed champion at cruiserweight. He has three of the four belts at heavyweight. That's a total of seven belts. And if Tyson Fury vacates, he's coming for that fourth one. He could be undisputed in two weight classes, which Canelo is trying to do. Um, and no man has ever done. Right. So. Well, Vander Holyfield did it before the four belt. Four belt era. Yeah. yeah, before a four belt era. Um, so it's just one of those, like, I. Usyk's my number one pound for pound. It's, it's really weird because I think Usyk's stock jumped up after Canelo lost more than anybody else's. There were some people that have Terrence Crawford number one pound for pound. A lot of people like, do. But I was like, well, what did he do? What has he done necessarily that puts him in that conversation? Undisputed as no, well. I agree. One title. And he's had no close fights. Right. That's always my case for Terrence Crawford. We've seen... Errol Spence win by a round. Yes. You know, like, it's gotten down to the end of the fight. You're like, yo, he kind of needs, like, against Sean? It's like, oh, I'm glad he dropped him right there. He needed to. Because this is getting dicey. You know, like, there, there's been close fights. People have been through trouble. Terrence hasn't had a close fight. So, Terrence Crawford's in this very strange spot. Because Terrence Crawford, obviously, he thinks he's number one. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you can't really disagree with it. The problem is, is that a lot of people have Terrence Crawford number two and like Usyk like four. Right? Yeah. And I think if you look at this fight, you realize how difficult it is. Because Usyk didn't move up to just a weight class where you have like, you can stay in a certain yeah, weight class. Seven pounds. He beat a man that was a giant in Anthony Joshua. And he hurt him in that fight. Yeah. And I think that's where the, the stock goes up. There's some people that put Errol Spence above Canelo, and I'm like, can't do that. Here's why. I wouldn't either. <sighs> the, easy, the easy answer to this is, well, Errol Spence has been a welterweight his whole career. Yep. Canelo, what Canelo's done is the definition of pound for pound. He's like, you can't take away the fact that man became undisputed at super middleweight in less than a year. Yep. At worst, Canelo falls to three. That's where I, exactly where I have. At, at worst. I have Usyk, Bud. Canelo. Yeah. Then, in a way, and Spence is my five. At best, he could stay at number one. He could. Yeah. Because you can't take away what he's already done. I also didn't put Bivol in my top ten. I'll put Bivol well, in the top ten. I didn't, I didn't put him in the top ten. I'll put him, like, right at ten. But I can't justify jumping him... Over Cambosis. I can. Okay. I can just because Canelo's the best in the world. Okay. And Bivol beat him, right? Cambosis beat the team. time to take Loma out of here just due to like yes. not fighting. That's the guy who's got to go. He's at seven. It's just like we can put him back. Yeah. He's got to do something. Got to do something. You got to beat somebody like. Yeah. The pound for pound conversation is an interesting one because Canelo is still Canelo and Canelo's accomplishments are still there. And for all intents and purposes, he lost a fight by a round. Yeah, even though we saw it different. Right. Also, he lost by a round. He could get it back. But Lomachenko, what have you done? Yep. Now, I, like Usyk, I completely agree. The only, pro the only criticism of Usyk is like, well, Cruiser, 
division wasn't real killers. Like, all right, fine. Even though Gassier was a killer, I don't care what anybody says. You just need to see him fight. Boxing is in this weird place. Somebody like Dimitri Bival fights, and people get on my social media like, this is a squash match. Like, no, it's not. No. You love Canelo. No, I don't. I'm just telling you what I see. And I know Bival's a good fighter. Most people's problem that watch boxing, they want to see Jamal Charlo, and they want to see... Y'all don't... Just because you don't know the name of the fighter doesn't mean he's not good. Yep. There's a reason why Bival was the WBA super light heavyweight champion. There's a reason why Bival already beat Joe Smith Jr. Yep. And John Pascal when John Pascal was still John Pascal. <laughs> yes. There's a reason why. And just because you didn't watch them doesn't mean that they're not good. Because the reality is, most of y'all didn't see Alexander Usyk run through that cruiserweight division. And no. if you didn't, and, you're not, and that's why you don't have him there, you're fucking up. Because that cruiserweight division was tough. And he didn't take the easy way of collecting those belts. He no. went through, like, the Muhammad Ali, like, tournament one. Yes. Like, he damn near round-robin did. Like, people love to give, and I like Andre Ward. They give him credit for, like, the Super Six and everything, like, in that tournament. Like, same thing. Usyk did that. Just did, yeah, like, Usyk did that. And, like, what, he started off that tournament three fights into his career? Yeah. Four? Burnt and just burned it. Just burned him he out. He doesn't have that many fights. Like, he just ran through people. And then, again, beat Anthony Joshua, who, and I understand, like, Andrew Ruiz beat him. There's, like, Joshua's his own thing. Like, I don't know where Joshua ranks as a heavyweight, but he's a true heavyweight. He's a true heavyweight who has a better resume than Tyson Fury. In terms of... Yes. Tyson Fury has better results. Yeah, yeah. Joshua's fought everybody in heavyweight division. I think Tyson Fury, as we we have now seen, beats everyone Joshua beats. Tyson Fury passes the eye test, right? Like, Tyson Fury, granted, he only beat a few guys that we talked about. Joshua... In which he would have ran through that same gamut. Yeah. I think unscathed if it wasn't for the drug problems, blah, blah, blah. Because if we're keeping a buck, we could, you know, what ifs scenario... Anthony Joshua may have never touched the title. Tyson Fury didn't have those drug problems. Very possible. Because all of those titles he draped around his arms are only vacated because Tyson Fury yeah. bounced. So the reality is Anthony Joshua fought Dillian White, Joseph Parker, Andy Ruiz. Like, you look at Vladimir Kalisco. That resume is tight. Yeah. Right? He lost Andy Ruiz by like a flash knockout. Yeah. Right? He got caught. Alexander Usyk just beat him. Yeah, he tried to box a smaller man. It made no sense. And, and Oleksandr Usyk beat a bigger man. Something that Canelo just couldn't do. Oleksandr Usyk, I could see him at number one. And I, and, but there's a lot of people like, nah, Terrence Crawford. I'm like, look, man, I, I, I'm not going to argue against you. because I no. think Terrence is the meanest fighter in boxing. But it, you can't discredit what Oleksandr Usyk's done. Canelo just busted the door wide open for this conference. And again, I, I love, you know, Spence is good. He's, he, like, EJ's great. But like, he's not active enough. And he's never moved out of that division. Got to get out. So collecting two belts, relatively, three now. Yeah. Three belts your entire career is not a pound for pound make. No. And I love Errol. If Errol beats Terrence Crawford, I'm like, now all right. we can talk. Yeah, but Errol, it's, it's pound for pound. Yep. You got, you're going to have to go to junior middleweight. Yep. You're going to find your way to middleweight. Like if you want to be in this pound for pound, you might be the, still the best fighter in the world. Yeah. And time is, is not his friend right now. Not at all. Not at all. So they like need moving to moving up pretty late in your career. They need to button up this Terrence Crawford L. Spence deal now. ASAP. This, is, this needs to, after Cadella lost, both of these guys should be like, just just pay me. Bud's at least been through three divisions already in right. his career. Right. How is it in one? Yep. And he's 33. Can't wait. Time waits for no Yeah. Way. So it, it's gonna be interesting. Hopefully that fight gets made. 
Let's take our break, come back, and then talk about all the fights this weekend, starting with Floyd Mayweather, the return on top of a helipad in Dubai. I know you're going to be tuned in. Producer Cole Bebe can't wait for this fight. So we come back right after break. We're talking Mayweather, Triller, and Showtime. We just mentioned Charlo. We're going to talk little Charlo when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Right back after this. All right, we are back. Time to wrap up everything, talking about the upcoming fights for this weekend. Before we get to these three fight cards that are happening, though, Dre Ryan Garcia versus Isaac Pitbull Cruz got mandated by the WBC, which doesn't mean it's final. No. But it makes it easier for it to be final because they're on two different sides of the street. But Cruz has more flexibility, obviously, than Ryan. It's not like he's the biggest marquee name. To my knowledge, he is more Mayweather promotion adjacent. I believe so, yeah. Than PBC. So he just happens to fight on PBC and Showtime. So it gives him a little more flexibility as a B-side opponent, which he's the B-side. I don't know if he cares to think of himself that way now. But looking at this, if it's contracts aren't made by June 16th, the last thing any promoter wants to do is lose the fight. And have it go to purse bin. And Oscar wouldn't be too happy about that. No. So I think a deal gets done. I think we see this fight in, in July or August. And I'm shocked how many people are just like, Isaac Cruz going to knock out Ryan yeah. Garcia. Like, hating Ryan Garcia now is the thing to do. This is, one, this is a hell of a fight. Uh, WBC mandates it. If... Ryan Garcia is who he, I think he is because Isaac Cruz doesn't give a shit. He already fought Tank. Yeah. And Golden Boy thinks Ryan Garcia is who he thinks he is. You make this fight. Because now you're the WBC top contender, interim title, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you fight the winner of the undisputed. Well, you're in line, right? Yes. You'll be, there's several people. Yeah, you'll be in line. Uh, only one, I think. Who, who's Tank is the only one. Okay. Currently uh, named as a mandatory. And again, you got 18 months. Yeah. So, but if you're Ryan, it's like, well, Devin Haney's fighting for an undisputed title. Tiafimo already won it. Tank's a star. What are you doing? Yep. And it's like, you look at Isaac Cruz and you're like, well, Tank beat him. Well, you want the Tank fight, don't you? Yep. You're going to have to beat the guy that Tank went the distance with. It's a good fight. There's people that say Isaac Cruz who watched Ryan Garcia. <laughs> they do this because... I hate when people watch the last fight somebody had <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, he could beat him. Yeah. Dude, Ryan Garcia was in there with a guy who didn't want to fight. Yep. That wanted to live. And Gamboa's not hard to hit. Not, especially not now. No. Like, Terrence Crawford beat the shit out of Yorkus Gamboa, like, what, five years ago? Like, seven. Seven now? Yeah. He's clearly not the same guy. Isaac Cruz wins, like, duh. So what? Ryan Garcia fought a guy who didn't want to fight. How are you going to blame Ryan Garcia for that? My only problem with Ryan Garcia is like he goes a goosing, and the defense is the only thing I'm concerned about. But this is a fight you got to make. It's a firefight. It's a good fight. You can market Isaac Cruz. Say he gave Tank problems. I think Ryan knocks him out. He might, <laughs> but that People you have sleep to take on that fight. How good Ryan Garcia is! Like they get lost in the social media, the Instagram, all like this is a man who legit split with Devin Haney. 
Yeah, he's very like Ryan Garcia is very good offensively. He does things that other fighters can't do. Yeah, he's naturally gifted. Yeah, he like if you look at his fights, the way he sets up his punches, his power shots is incredible. Yep. But you got to be there to get hit. Guess what? Isaac Cruz is there to get hit. Yep. He ain't running from him. No. Nope. He's going to throw hands with him, and that's exactly what Ryan wants. It could go bad for him. Don't get me wrong. Cruz could catch Ryan. Could. Ryan's chinny. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say chinny. He got caught by Luke Campbell, who it's is... Flash knocked. But Luke is pretty damn good. Yeah, but he's not a knockout guy. No, no, Cruz no. hits him with that same punch. It's a different story. Sure. But at some point in time, with Shakur just beating Valdez, Devin fighting for the unified, undisputed title, Tiafimo's already done it, Boots is coming up. He's fighting this weekend. Yep. You're the only guy left without any hardware. You need to have a, a marquee fight. This fight has to happen. Figure it out. Has to. And again, Ryan, when people are there to be hit, Ryan's going to beat them to the oh, punch. Yes. Like if you throw, he throws, he's landing first. Yeah, he's faster. Way faster than everyone. So I, I love this matchup. But yeah, people are really sleeping on Ryan Garcia. Talking about this weekend, though, Floyd Mayweather, exhibition fight, number three. Um, we've seen him against tension. Poor tension. I haven't seen him since. The man made that man cry. Uh, <laughs> and then Logan Paul, which Jake Paul still believes won that fight. Nobody listens to Jake Paul. Yeah. Hey, that. hold on. Jake Paul said in a couple years I could beat Canelo. Three years. He's nuts. I love the belief in himself. Yeah. I would talk to Eddie Hearn, and Eddie was just like, he was like, I'm so blown away by this man's confidence. I almost adore it. Yeah. Because he's just like, he really thinks he can win. He's, what is he supposed to say? But it's funny because Eddie Hearn was like, you're average. And Jake Paul took offense to that. And Eddie Hearn was not wrong. He was absolutely right. He was like, no, no, no. You're better than I thought, but you're not a world champion. And Jake was like, you'll see. You'll see. I'll, and then he saw Canelo. Was, I, was like, I was like, Jake, you're lucky Canelo's not Floyd. I've seen some uh, people win some interesting titles. Yeah, no, you can win an alphabet title, right? You can win like an NABO. Right now, if we looked at cruiserweight. It doesn't fight a cruiserweight. I mean, well, it's yeah. 200. Yeah, I mean. Like his catch rate's like 190, yeah. 195. Yeah. So you look at cruiserweight. You could damn near find someone, maybe, maybe. that you can go the distance with. You put that fight in the right place. <laughs> you can win a belt. But. <clears throat> Breedis wants to fight him. You don't want that fight. No, uh, no, 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 no. That guy hits way too hard. Yeah. Jake Paul is, and we'll go back to everything else. Jake Paul is lucky that Canelo's Canelo and Canelo's not Floyd. If, Can if Canelo was Floyd and heard the shit Jake Paul was saying, Floyd would have talked that shit just to make a point and beat the shit out of Jake <laughs> Paul. Poor Canelo. He's so lucky that, that Canelo's sitting there going, I don't, I don't want that fucking fight. He wants to pay day, pay day. That's how he's looking at that fight. Canelo's not going to fight him. If Floyd heard that shit when he heard Conor McGregor, he's like, food. Yep. I'm going to eat him for lunch. And it's going to be mad money. Yeah, I'm getting paid. <laughs> He's lucky Canelo cares about legacy. Anyway, yeah. I had to say. Canelo versus Jake Paul would do numbers. It would do numbers, but Jake Paul would die. Because Canelo, I mean. Canelo's a play with his foot. He's another guy. If he, he would demolish Jake Paul. On Showtime right now, with pay-per-view points and everything, I think Canelo might make like 250 Yeah, but he, it's just he doesn't care. Somebody got to put that in front of him. Like, like, <laughs> I know. Somebody got to put it in front of him. Like, I'd care. I'd be like, hey, man, it's free money on the if, table. For any reason, if he became undisputed at 175, got to tell him, take that. Yeah, he's just not listening. He's like, no, no, no. I want the Cruiserweight champion. I was like, Canelo, stop. 
Stop. Like, your, two your plate is full. Yo, you're good. No, you, no, no. You can have the Cruiserweight champion after that. No, no, no. Payday. Pay Let's day. go get 250. No, no, no. And call us a day. No, I want more belts. <laughs> like, Omar coming. Here he comes. Like, yeah. hey, who got a belt? Jake Paul doesn't have a belt. Anyway, yeah. what the hell are we talking about? We got Jake, Paul. Jake Paul got the money belt. Uh, before that, oh, Floyd Mayweather. Exhibition. <laughs> talking about people getting the bag. Robbery. So he's fighting a f- sparring partner. Yes. No, n- no one with a name. He hasn't even fought. The, uh, what's his name? Don. Oh my God. What's his name? Moore. Don Moore. Yes. <laughs> Yo, and I pulled that out of nowhere because I swear to God, I woke up early this morning and I had no clue he was fighting. And that's my job. Yeah. Well, because Don <laughs> Don has never fought a man with a winning record, right? Oh. He's trained. He's sparred with like this is the biggest bank robbery. Like, listen, man. At, at a certain point, there's no fans, fun. right? You can't put fans on a helipad. No, they're just gonna watch it. Like. Of course, you know, they paid a lot of money to have this. It's going to be like the theatrics. It's going to be incredible. But Floyd is robbing the bank, and I ain't mad at him. He's like, you're going to pay me to do what? Oh, yeah, we'll fight on the helipad. Well, can I fight my sparring partner who sucks? Because I'm not, I'm not going to fight for real. I know yeah. who he Like, I know he's going to give me some work. You know, I like good work. That's why he's, he's sparring on a helipad. Is gonna make yeah, this man's going to fully Kevin Nash, figure poker dude, like, just lay it down. Yeah, this is... It's robbing the bank, man. I'm going to be watching it just because that's what I do. Yep. I'll be at the Triller card. Yep. And I'll watch Oh, no, this. it's during the day. I know. But the Triller, that, that's during the day and the Triller card's in the afternoon. So I'll be yeah. in my room. I'll be watching the, that card and then I'll go watch Triller. I ain't mad at Floyd, man. It's stupid if anybody thinks it's actually... If you come to watch this fight and be like, I want to see a good fight, you're dumb. Delphine Pursuna is actually opening that card. I'll do Jackson on the card, too. Yeah. Delphine Pursuna, number is nine Silva's, Women's pound for pound. Is Anderson Silva's fight an exhibition or is it actual? It's an exhibition. Looked it up today. Good for Anderson Silva. Makes no sense. Because he's fought know. real fights. I don't even know who his opponent is. I don't remember the man's name. That's that's when we're getting a deep cut. I, I, I read the man's name. I have no clue who his opponent is. Jake Paul's watching that fight. You know he's yes, going to keep an eye on Of course. Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Shout yeah. out to Jake Paul and the interaction I'm about to get on Saturday. Yeah. Dude, Tim. Have fun. Yeah, like, Jake Paul wants no parts of Anderson Silva. I think, I think Jake Paul, he's, he's got Canelo confidence. He does. He might take that fight. Nikisa better be like, yo. Yeah, Nikisa better be like, chill out. Chill I, was, out. I was at the UFC. Yeah. Like, I've seen this man. He's old, but he'll beat your ass. No, yeah. Anderson Silva is going to be whooping ass till he's like 80. He just got that look about him. Yeah. Like, that motherfucker, it doesn't matter. Like, the... Like the Star Wars movie or a new joints where Yoda is just like limping with the cane. Yeah. And the next thing you know, the cane turns into a lightsaber and he's fucking doing crazy flips and fighting. That's Anderson Silva. What is it with guys with like high-pitched voices that can beat somebody's ass? I don't know. You Canelo, don't, Anderson Silva, Mike Tyson. You don't fuck with people with soft voices. Yeah. You know, the payday, payday. Yeah, soft voices, hard punching. First time I heard Anderson Silva talk, I was like, him? Obviously Tyson, everybody talked about him. Those three guys are fucking Don't fuck, fuck with up. nobody with a cauliflower ear. I don't fuck with people with a lisp. You got a lisp. You could throw hands. I don't, t- I don't fuck with soft voice people. Yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Anderson no. Silva is one of the nicest, softest voice people, but he's a menace. <laughs> Straight up <laughs> menace. Like, he's just wrecking shop. So uh, I'm wondering if Anderson Silva knows this is an exhibition. He ain't going to treat it like one. Yeah, I think he just, he throws hands how he throws hands. Yeah, that's, he's so, old, man. He ain't got time for that. Nah, he might get a knockout. On, on top of a helipad. Like, how do you even get, like, EMTs on a helipad? It's, the logistics of this is going to be crazy. 
uh, someone the other day asked me, like, yo, are you going to cover that? Like, you going to Dubai? Excuse me? No. If they had media for any reason on a helipad, yeah. I'm passing out. There's no way you're getting me a hundred <laughs> stories in the air. What? I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a medical episode and they're stopping the entire broadcast because an idiot journalist done pass out on top of the thing and they can't wake him up. Mm. I don't know. My, my fear of heights does not work that way. ESPN couldn't pay me enough to go to Dubai and cover this. So, no, I will not be in Dubai. I'll be watching this from the comfort of my crib. Uh, next up, we have Triller versus card. Where I'll be. So, it's like a family affair card, right? Like, Mary J, honestly, should have been performing. Oh, Lord. She could have done family affair. Uh, a lot of hateration, holleration. I hate this. In the dancery. No, it's, it's horrible. I, I, I despise I was in the video. This. It was a horrible song. Ugh. A horrible song. Uh, my father, to this day, talks about me like I was supposed to go with him. He was trying to open like a bank account so he could send me money when I came back to Vegas. Some, some stupid. And I stood him up. I didn't even tell him. Like he came to the block. I was gone. Because my uncle was like, oh, Mary J video. You guys just do some promotion. You'd be in a video. The whole block went. We were out. And he was like, you ditched me for a music video. He tells his story all the time. I'm like, you're damn right. I just, I'm sad that it was for the hateration holleration. <laughs> like, it could have been a much better music video yeah. than that. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it then be the breaks. Triller versus, though, instead, I guess let's get to the family portion of this. So Kovalev is fighting a Pulev brother I never heard yeah, of. Yeah, Pulev's other younger brother. Older brother? Oh. I don't give a shit. One of, a Pulev, all right? Yeah, the lesser Pulev. Yes, the lesser Pulev who's undefeated. Uh, Kovalev is moving up to cruiserweight. Um, and then other Pulev is fighting as well. Yes, Kubrat Pulev is fighting in the co-main event. Which should be a knockout. Yes, and Kubrat is just coming off of losing to Anthony Joshua. So yep. it's like, eh, I might as well take this fight. Then you got like Evan Holyfield, the son of Evander. Yes. Then you got the Vargas boys. In which I'm very interested in the Evan Holyfield fight. Me too. Because he's not bad. No, he's not. <clears throat> But this would be a great opponent for Nico Ali going forward. Hmm. I think Evan Holyfield is more sell. advanced. No, I think Nico is now. I think Nico caught him. All right, we'll see. And Evan's cool. It's good matchmaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the names, Ali versus Holyfield. Holyfield? Come on. Yeah, it's just that writes stuff. itself. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I'm interested in this fight. And Evan fought on the Shakur Stevenson card um, last year in October. Yep. So he, top rank relationship is there. I think he signed to like Chrissy Martin promotion. Honestly. Yeah, I think like that's his promoter. You know, so what's more important, like, yeah, we'll talk about Vargas boys, but I'm here for Cypress Hill versus Onyx. Is that the real main event? For me? I think so. Like, is that before or after this card? I don't know. Like, I, I've been asking like <laughs> the schedule and I'm like, when is this happening? There's like, you're going to be here for the whole show. I'm like, mm hmm. Yeah, but, but when is this? <laughs> I just, I, just, I need to see Cypress Hill. I've never seen Cypress Hill live. I went to a DJ Muggs New Year's party, which was incredible. What? <laughs> it was so, it was weird. Was it, was it here? It was here in Vegas. It was at the Hard Rock. Okay. I got was... invited, uh, Chase Infinite, if anybody knows self scientific, and Chase Infinite has worked with ASAP Rocky, good friend of mine. He was, he was like, hey, uh, what are you doing for New Year's? And I was literally at home, me and my wife at home, like nothing. Like DJ Muggs is having a party. I was like, there's going to be a lot of people. Like, Nobody really, it's a private party. Like, DJ Muggs is having a private party? <laughs> that would be my exact question. Yeah, I was like, like, why is this happening? Yep. He's like, doesn't matter. You want to go? And he's like, you bring some of your friends. I brought my, uh, one of my friends and her boyfriend. 
We all went. And DJ Muggs was playing, like, he played everything from, like, Alchemist joints to, like, Fergie. And we drank champagne, and it was… Just did it. Yeah, and I was like, DJ Muggs. Like, this is DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill. Who, for years, I was like, what is DJ Muggs? White man. Oh. Is he white? Yes. I thought he was Mexican. Send dog and be real or Mexican. <laughs> oh, Muggs is white. Muggs is white. Oh, well, I'll be. You learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> Soul Assassin, DJ Muggs. Again, white. it's like learning Taz is not light skin. It's like yeah. Mark Merrill is not a black man. Yeah, Taz broke my heart more than Mark Merrill. No, Mark Merrill. I was like, with Sable. I know, but I was I'm, like, what? But I'm this saying, man is different levels of Taz. When I saw Taz, I was like, look at him. Yeah. A little round raisin man and he like throws people around and shit. He's Mark black. Merrill was Four shades darker than you. I know. Like, like, like the Mark Merrill was. If Mark Merrill came to me and says, you're not black, I'm black. I'd be like, you might be right. right. You, might be right. <laughs> you might be right, my brother. Like, I don't, like, I don't know what to yeah, tell you. Yeah, more power to you, sir. Uh, but that's what I, I want to see Onyx versus Cypress Hill. I don't, you know, there's a lot of people like, Onyx is about Can to be Onyx do a versus? Yeah, they could do like Lost Days. They can do, obviously, they could do Slam. They could do Back to Fuck Up. There's a lot of shit they could do. All right, they got like six. Somebody asked, it was like, is Sticky Fingers going to do What If I Was White? And I passed out. <laughs> I forgot about that song. <laughs> but it's like, it's Cypress Hill, man. Yeah. Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill got joints. A lot of weed songs. Hey, There's going to be an insane amount of weed there. Yeah. You can't do it before. Because you can't clear out the weed fog. Yeah. So now people are just catching contact highs before fights. Kovalev is going to be high before he fights. As a kite. There's so much weed in that venue. You got to do it after. We'll see. We'll, I mean, if you do it after. Well, you could do it after. I just don't know in who's New showing York, up. they did it after, I think. With, uh, I just don't know who's showing up for what. Right? Like, if I come to boxing and they're like, Cypress Hill. And I'm like some elderly white guy. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going home. But if I want to see Cypress Hill and Onyx, I don't really care about Sergey Kovalev. What an odd matchup. Cypress Hill versus Onyx. I know. It was just like, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? Nothing. Yeah. Hey, I know Fredro Star and Sticky Fingers. Want to call them, see what they're it doing? It couldn't be another, like, Cali group to, like, invite? No, it could have been, like, the Alcoholics or something. Ooh. I'm a big alcoholic. I was about to say, that's, that's up your alley. And, and, really, <laughs> and really, the fact of the matter is, the reason why I said the Alcoholics is weed versus liquor. Liquor. Oh. Now we're thinking, this is why, this is why you're... Fight, Nick! <laughs> Cypress Hill versus the Alcoholics. Weed versus liquor. liquor. Oh, my God. This is why they... This is why you're going to a trailer event. This is why they, they're trying to, to bring you in. I do all this shit on the fly. <laughs> yeah. this, this, is, this is why you get paid the big bucks. This is why. You're an idea guy. Yeah, I'm an idea guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cypress Hill. <laughs> that is going to be entirely too much weed during that yeah. event. So, yeah, and then we had the uh, Vargas boys, which all pretty good. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, but they actually are. Emiliano's making his debut. He's the best one. That's what I've heard. Uh, the young, he's no joke. So, I mean, Fernando's good, Junior. Um, they're, I mean, they're they're all these Milianos. It's weird. A lot of times, the youngest one ends up being like the best one. But he's unless you're Julio Cesar Chavez. Is he the youngest? I think so. Oh, trash. Canelo's the youngest of his fighting brothers, right? Yeah, his brothers suck too. Oh, his brother. His brother, <laughs> brother was a boxing pinata for a second. Oh, that's like that the man worst. had no defense. The worst thing, like, is terrible being like Michael Jordan's kids and shit like that. But at least you don't have to get your ass whooped. No. Did I tell you my story about Michael Jordan's kids? Oh no. No, no you haven't. No, no. I was once 
briefly before marriage, before a relationship, shout out to my wife. I was dating a woman who was simultaneously seeing one of the Jordan twins or Jordan boys or whatever. The kid had like a sneaker shop in like Florida. And I will just be brief with this story. But I remember waking up in the morning and like, yo, my alarm's not set. Like, what the fuck's going on? And I woke up in the morning and I'm like hitting my phone, but it's not my phone. And it was like the chick's phone. I was like, who is texting? She was like, "Uh." and I just reached over and I looked and her text was, um, it starts with an M too. Marcus, Marcus Jordan. Nine texts. You can only see like the, the preview of one. It was like, so it's like that. <laughs> and then it was James Harden, Chad Ochocinco, and someone else. This is the text in the morning. I was just like, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> I put the phone down. And that was it. I was like, yo, your wife, your life is wild. Like, I was just like, I but my name Ben and I ain't in it. Like, I only I only care about this small period of time. Oh, I wouldn't even say dating. I I had a mere acquaintance. <laughs> like for I mean, but come on, man. To know that your broke ass was in the same Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I was stupid broke, too. It's like, like oh, baby, broke. I don't even have a match to sleep on. And you could have James Harden Bro. and Michael Jordan's son, and you took me. I had two roommates. Uh, like literally just a bet like I was like what uh, but that goes to show you in life there's many different ways to get to where you want to get to and anyone who is considering a journalism career <laughs> it doesn't wow. pay well especially oh, early on I was going to say anybody considering a journalism career you can bone <laughs> but, Michael Jordan's yo, kids girls but, too but access access wise boy people sure think you're something yeah. yeah, that's one thing about journalism. They'd be like, oh, you know such and such? Before I got, you know... Like, fam, I'm at every fight. They think I'm something. Yeah, you ain't shit. Yeah, I was, I was just like... I, was, <laughs> I can't even be mad. At this point, <laughs> I wasn't. But I was a... Man, that was before we had the podcast. Like, it was early. So I really ain't have shit. Like, I was, hmm. like, I was just... I had a couple bylines on BSO. Rocking out with for the bros, but I was at uh, I was at these events, and I remember exactly how the scenario went down. It's not good, but I will share this with the people because I'm open and honest on this podcast. Um, the way that it happened was I was at BSO, and I was like, Rob had just opened the entertainment section of BSO because people were complaining anyway. Like it's not real sports. He was like, "Fuck it, I'm leaning into this." So he opened the entertainment section. So I used the entertainment section. Chris Brown had a concert out here. Chris Brown and Trey Songz tour. I was like, yo, I just want to go see that. So I reached out to PR. It's like, oh, we just have an entertainment section. I'll write about it. Do a review. They're like, yeah, dope. Like, cool. And as soon as they shot that back to me, it was a Monday. The concert was on a Thursday. I post on Twitter because I'm like 23. I post on Twitter. I was like, oh, going to the Chris Brown Trey Song's concert and covering it. They gave me two tickets. I got no one to take. <sighs> the DMs flooded. And that's where like this chick vibe, oh, you have no one to take? She wasn't from here. 
I was like, yeah, no, nah, I don't got nobody to take. He was like, what if I fly in? I was like, I'm not flying you in. Like, if you, if you can get here, you can come. You get here, I got some ramen for you. I was like, it's Thursday. It's Monday. Like, it's Monday today. The concert's on Thursday. She's like, I'll be there Wednesday night. Yo, Wednesday night, she was there. Wednesday night. I don't even know if there was Uber at this time. I think she took a cab. Popped up in my crib. Literally, I got room. Like, I got shit but a bed and the TV. I got my divorce. And she was just like, all right, cool. I didn't have money. I cooked. Which, by the way, if you guys are broke and struggling and young, that's, that's the wave. What you do is you just go grocery shopping. You cook a little something. $20. You don't got to take a girl out. I had $20 for food, but food to cook, made a dope meal, and I had Eight, I spent $8 on a bottle of Stella Rosa wine. Ew. Thotties yeah. used to love Stella Rosa wine. <laughs> so I had just that, poured a glass of wine, ate, and you know I don't eat wine with my food. It was just mad cheap. So did that, and it was like, I don't know, man. It was the fruity flavor, too. <laughs> it was like mango Moscato. Like, so I did that. It didn't even go with the food. Mango Moscato, and that was it. And then she was like, oh, cool. We had a chilled, had a blast the next day. And that was, them beats the breaks. But So you had the half-baked date. Yeah, yes, yes. That's like Dave, Dave Chappelle and half-baked. The half-baked date. Yes. It's the greatest date of all time, I'll tell you. Yes. Oh, man. So it was, it was rough times. But yeah, that's my Marcus Jordan story. So, ha-ha, um, Marcus. Ha-ha. Yo, it's, it was his girl, not mine. That's so it was saying. like, yo, cool, man. It be like, is, is that how it's going to be? Yeah. But yeah, it, it does make you feel elevated in status at that point. Yeah. Cause you're like, oh, this, and they were tricking. So like, I knew like, I was like, oh, you paying for this? Like, you wilding. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't even got money to pay for this. <laughs> so it, it does make you feel. Marcus Joy, my podcast co-host, owns <laughs> your girl. <laughs> Once upon a time. Yeah. Way back, way back. I, yeah, we're four men, married, married men. Um, yeah, we're all, we're all. No, yes, yes, yes. But in my younger, wilder days, but it's, it's all good. I remember meeting my wife, not tell all her business, but I remember meeting my wife and like two weeks after, um, one of the dudes from like 112 was like talking to her in her DMs. And I guess they were like friends or some shit. And I was just like, oh, she can't say shit about me. Like, yeah, she was on Twitter and knows a bunch of people too. I was like, yo, I'm not even asking about your past, man. Yeah. Like, oh, so, Cupid don't lie looking at you. Yeah, I was like, look at this shit. But <laughs> so now you just you never know, man. You never know. So girls, girls are wild. Mark, Marcus Jordan, being yeah. The How youngest. did we even get to Marcus Jordan? Oh, we're talking something about kids, and you don't want to oh, be a Marcus okay. Jordan. Yeah, you want to get your ass kicked. If yeah, you're yeah. Okay. So, yeah I, don't, to, I don't know. That's okay. how we got to the Marcus Jordan uh, joint. So that is the Triller card. You'll be there. Yes, I guess we'll recap it. Sure. Um, I'll watch the verses definitely. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I don't yeah. know where I'll be, but I'll be there. I don't know. You're gonna be hype as hell though. Yeah, it's such a crazy dynamic, and we'll move on. But like Cypress Hill, like you, like it's kind of like weed music. Yeah, and you're just vibing and you're just trying to chill. And then Onyx is like move mad back, hype, motherfucker. Yeah. It's like, whoa, <laughs> hey, hold on. The, the back and forth there is like the crowd's like, like don't know what to do because Onyx makes fight music. Yeah, yeah. Cypress do, Hill. Do high people fight? I don't. Well, they just could kill a man. Like Cypress Hill, it went, if I could just kill a man, comes on that place is gonna go nuts. Okay. Like, I, I get everyone listening to podcasts. If you knew, though, if you're old, you know this. I've never smoked anything in my life. Like, I've never done a drug. I've never gotten high. So I don't know how people, like, really 
react to these things. But like, I'm assuming if you're high, you just want to chill, mellow out. Like, Not I get a lot of it from like how high that shit had a ton of yeah. Cypress Hill songs. And then, yeah, nah, you just turn it up the next second. Not Onyx. Sticky fingers? <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait. There's going to be so much testosterone in that building. <laughs> That's going to be the highlight of the night. And then, real box. Charlo Castaño 2. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was telling people like, uh, it was like, you going to be in LA? I was like, yeah. You coming to the Charlo Castaño fight? No. No. <laughs> Where are no. you going? Triller card? What? <laughs> Everything's pro wrestling, baby. <laughs> like that's uh, Everything's pro wrestling. Everything. That's why I'm there. <laughs> Look, I'm going to watch the Charlo Castaño fight on my computer, but I don't need to be there. I want a Triller. Makes sense. So what? And Boots is the co-main. Boots is the co-main. Damn shame for Boots. Boots is too good to be a co-main. This is probably his last fight as co-main. If he shows out in this fight, this I can almost guarantee he's going to headline. The next That's time. why he hasn't really gotten a title fight yet. Yeah. Because these guys are just like, how are you going to entice Errol Spence? Bud Crawford. Like, I'm supposed to fight this guy who's not only very talented, young and good, but he hasn't even had, he's not a main event fighter. No, nah, not yet. They're building Boots. I think... I think this will be Boost's last co-main event. They got to keep exposing Boost. And then if, if Boost, if he just gets another big victory, then he's all right. Yeah, and then whatever happens, hopefully we get the Bud and Spence fight, and yeah. then whoever wins that is definitely vacating. Yeah, and it, I, I mean, are, if you're Bud and Spence, whenever that fight happens, are you looking, no matter what happens in that fight, whoever wins, is the winner looking at the winner of the Castaño-Charles Hands fight? Hands down. You're going up immediately. You're not making the Teofimo... <laughs> anyway, mistake. I, I would say Bud's in a sticky place because Arrow has all the leverage and Bud is a man with no home. Yeah. So he has to go to Showtime, PBC, Fox, whatever. And I would think they would build in a rematch clause I would for assume Spence. So, yes. so if Spence wins, I don't think Bud has any leverage to get a rematch clause. He's out. Castanio wins. If Castanio wins, Spence sees food. Food. <laughs> Easy. Might do that before the Bud fight. Like, I, whatever. Yeah. I'm going and grabbing those. Yep. I'm picking Charlo to win that fight, but man. Castanio won handedly yeah, in that first fight, in my opinion. I'm like, these Charlo boys better stop playing. As much as y'all out there, casual fans, really like the Charlo brothers, yeah, talk you got to be very careful with them because they have not lived up to the hype. Y'all want. Y'all want one Charlo to fight Canelo, and the other one you want to fight anybody, and you're like looking. Tony Harrison gave him hell. That's what I'm, I'm like, dude. They got it. It's time to show and prove. That Charlo has to be Castano handily. He can't squeeze by this fight. This is it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's his last stance. He's still young. But you have to win this They're fight. Kind of young, youngish. The problem is, is that the younger people than them are better. Yes. And they're coming. So, if you stay at 154, theoretically, they should both move up a division. Yes. So, if Charlo wins, he should vacate all the belts, move up to 160, and then his brother should vacate. Maybe One of them's got to fight Boo-Boo. Sure. <laughs> Andre's about to be a free agent. Anybody yeah. said he's letting him go. So, you can finally get the Andre-Charlo fight. Yes. Oh, my God. But I think Charlo moves up to 168. Yes. And we get... Caleb Plant fight. We then get a Benavides fight. <laughs> like, we're, we're going to be in that territory. Um, hell, maybe. 
I mean, Canelo comes back down. I see Canelo's next deal after this three-fight deal, regardless of what happens, being with PBC. Yeah. Especially if, if he can't be Bival, like, there's no reason to sign with top rank to go after Better Bia. No. So then you're signing with PBC 168 and you're running the gamut that people want to see. And you become the most dominant 168-pounder ever. And then maybe, even if you lose to Bival twice, it better be if beats him. Maybe in a year you go and just be like, yo, better be if is now going to be 40 like Triple T was. Maybe take my shot at him yeah. becoming undisputed. But I, I think his next deal is with PBC. So I, I, Charlo, Big Charlo, Jamal, like you've taken enough mediocre fights. Go get that dough. Go test yourself. You need to. Man. Cut it out. And 168 is a place for that. But again, then I leave Jamal going up to 160. And it's like, yeah, Triple G. He's going to need a dance partner sooner or later. I'm saying he's bored now. He needs to fight somebody. Yeah. Boo-Boo's going to need someone to fight. So 160 has plenty of people. Um, I just think Castaño wins again. Like, nothing in the first fight shows me that Charlo's going to win this. And maybe LA gives him a favorable decision, but I don't think he got enough of his people in there to sway judges. Yeah, I think he'll just fight a better fight. I think, I think they fight to the level of their competition. Both of them. And I think at this point, like, he knows he can't blow this. So I think it'll be a competitive fight, but I think Charlo wins. But we shall see. That's pretty much this show. Yeah, man. That, that wraps yeah, us Lee. up. There's a ton of boxing. We that talked a ton, <laughs> a ton of crazy. We talked hip-hop. Everything to start the show. Owning Michael Jordan's kids. Yo. It's, it's been a wild show from start to finish. Fight Nick to Marcus Jordan. <laughs> we... Yeah, we, we, we run through the Sorry. gamut on this show. We appreciate everyone for sticking around with us. Make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our YouTube. You can see our uh, amazing faces on there. Producer Cole Bebe got that up and running. It is rocking on there. It's great to see everything as it goes down on the show. So make sure you guys check that out. Thank you to Blue Wire Studios here, the Wind Resort in Las Vegas. Thank you, everyone at Booth. Brian, holding it down. Brian on the boards. He put in heavy work today. So uh, thank you. The lighting looks magnificent as well. Antoine, wherever you are. Shout out to Antoine. Uh, sure, he'll be back later in the week. But uh, shout out to him. We appreciate everyone. You guys stay safe. Stay Rona free. That shit's popping up again. So uh, make sure you guys stay healthy. We have big weeks planned coming up. Going to dive back in our pro wrestling bag here shortly as well. So we are planning stuff for AEW week double or nothing here in Vegas. That is going to be amazing for us. And then we'll also touch on the WWE pay-per-view that no one knew was happening and other stuff coming up in a future show. So pro wrestling coming, MMA coming later in the week. Great show there. We appreciate you all. Until next time, though, we are out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.